page Chav Beis, the second Chedek Bilvavi Mishkan Evne. On Chav Beis, the topic here was was talking about the difference between between feeling emuna and knowing about emuna, and he was explaining how it's similar to. It's similar to a person feeling a part of his own body as opposed to knowing something that's outside of his body, outside of his life, outside of himself. Therefore the klal is that the closer that a person comes to knowing himself, knowing himself and feeling who he really is, then then the more he'll feel with a strong chush Hashem's presence. Because Surla Vavi Vachalki, Hashem is the inner heart of a Jew. But if a person is distant from himself, just like God forbid we were talking about if a person's leg is paralyzed or it's cut off, so then he can only be told that he has a leg, or he could see that there's a leg, but he doesn't feel, he doesn't have a hergish for the leg. Similarly, if a person, God forbid, is cut off from Hashem, he's separated from Hashem, he could know about it, he might have heard about Hashem from his teachers, from his family, but to have a chush, that's only if that's only if it's part of you and you sense that he's a part of you. And we have to learn how to feel that and how to become more and more aware of that. That's the meaning of what the Navi Chavakuk said, Sadiq Bemanosa Yechia. And that's what that's really what that's what we're we're talking about. The end of page Chavbeis Vadai Shesaderach Lahagia Barucha. Obviously it's going to take a long time. We're going to explain over the course of this entire sefer, how does one come to have that hergish, that chush, that feeling that Hashem is not somebody out there that I heard about or that I or, or that I, I see proofs or, or evidence of His existence, but that Hashem is something inside of me and that He's a part of me. That's going to take a while to explain. But to begin with, we have to know what is our objective, what is our goal, what is that we're trying to accomplish. We need to know, what is the level, what type of emuna are we seeking? When the Navi said, when the Navi Chavakuk said, Tzadik b'manosu yichi, meaning that the essence of being a Jew is emuna, and to be a tzadik you have to have emuna, and ostensibly we would all like to be tzadikim. So that's the tachlis of our lives. So we have to know what was the emuna that Chavakok was talking about, because every one of us believes in God. So did he mean that's it? So that we're we're tzadikim now, because because we believe in Hashem. So we need to understand what is this nakuda. What is it? Zu and Nakuda Yehudis. What's the spe- what's special about this Amuna that the Navi said Sadiq Nasiyachia? Lo al Hamuna Shali Hayidiya Shalhamah Bavad Dibar Navi. The Navi, when he said that a Jew lives at Sadiq, lives by his faith, he wasn't talking about knowing something intellectually. Ella al Hanakuda Pnimis Shakola Tarakuli was speaking about the inner point and the tachas of all of Torah. The inner point of every Jew, which is Bilvavi Mishkan Evna. In my heart, I will build a Mishkan Tashan. In me. Not outside of me, not something that I know about. That a person should mamish feel, like the Zara says, the Kutchabrich of Yisrael, that Hashem and the Jewish people and the Torah, it's all one. It's all one, meaning that they're inseparable. 
So we could reach that point. This is what it means, Amuna. That we could reach that point, that the same way that I'm able to feel my hands and my feet, so will we be able to feel Hashem's Baruch in us every single minute of our lives. So this this term that's found in the Zayr, Kutshubichu Faraisavi Yisrael Chadhu, Hashem the Torah and the Jewish people are one. He explains. Kivunu. We need to understand this more. We need to understand what is our Amunah. And what is the next stage in our developing this true Amunah. The Amunah that we're familiar with is the Amunah that we grew up with and that we received as the basis of our, of our education as Jews. We all know in our brains that there's a God. But in order that you and I should know that in our hearts, that we could feel, you can't get that from somebody else. You can't just hear that. You can't just get that from somebody else. Each individual Jew has to work hard to achieve that. That's not something you could get from somebody else or someone can tell you. You have to work. There are steps and things that you could do, which the whole safe is going to be about, how we could get to that point. But it's not just something that we heard about 20, 30 years ago. But it's really nice. I was thinking about about it, how we have to feel that Hashem has such unbelievable nachas every little thought of it. So I was exp- trying to explain to my kids that afterwards, but, you know, coming, you know, like you know, third party. I, I was saying to them, and I, it's so hard to convince that. I, I think this plays into that. To feel, how do you feel that? Like, you know, you said that, you know we're ben yachid, but this will help us. You know, that's what to, that's to what. To, the, see what what Rabbi Tzimir was talking about to have that hergish. He's already holding in this place, Rabbi Tzimir. Right. Where to him, he feels the Baruch Shalom the way that you and I feel ourselves. That's how he feels. So, he says we have to repeat it, we have to repeat it over and over again. But to our children and to ourselves, it's a foreign concept. Right, and I said it, I felt this thing, okay, Dad, I'm sure I'm jumping up and down nice and whatnot. Like, I just felt I couldn't, you know, right. by so, saying it. Right, so we, so let's learn this together, because right. then we're going to be able to feel much more that personal contact. Like Rotsinger was saying, uh, it's a very simple thing, but he's saying that in our minds, we don't know how to even deal with with this thought that how could I, at the same time simultaneously, how could Hashem be so proud of me and so th- be so thrilled with me? At the same time, he has tightness. How come I'm not such a good boy? There are things that I'm not doing that I, you know that I should be doing or I'm doing wrong. We don't know how to we don't know how to feel that because when we relate to when we relate to our children or we relate to our wives or we relate to our friends. At any particular moment, we either feel a strong feeling of ahava, or a mild feeling of love, or a feeling of caring. But if something goes wrong at that moment, even of course you know you care about that person, but you're upset, you're angry. So we don't know how to we don't know how to think about Hashem at that same moment, being infinitely in love with each and every one of us, having infinite nachas from from even a shahakal that we make, and at the same time being annoyed with us about things that we're not doing or things that we're doing wrong. So. The reason that we can't understand that is because it's outside of us, and in, and in our way of thinking, the, the, those are two contradictory emotions. We can't carry two contradictory emotions at the same time. 
once we once we begin to feel HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence in our lives in such a way, not just that we know about Him, to feel Him, then we'll be able to feel that as well. And and, and, it's, and that's what Rabbi Tzimei, that's what Tzimei was talking about. That unbelievable nafis and that simcha that the Bani Shalom has depends upon it depends upon something that we feel because if you just think about it, you're not going to be able to come to that. So we're going to learn it. We're going to see. So he says, "Hashela shalim levarahi." So what we have to, the question we have to answer is the following: What is the level of amuna that we are already at? What do we already have? In other words, what amuna do we have at this point in our lives, and and what is the amuna that we have to seek? What's our objective? As long as we don't understand what the objective is, what our goal is, he doesn't chap. But just like you're saying about telling your kids, we don't we don't we don't understand what that means. If you don't know what the objective, what the goal of emun is, and someone says you believe in God, says yeah, I believe in God. There's a God. So what do you want me to do? I believe in God. I believe that He exists. So what else is there? And and therefore, if you tell him, but I want you to daven with sincerity, because Hashem cares so much, so much for every word that you say. It doesn't help. Like, well, it doesn't help because that, that's not what Amuna means. Then Amuna just means that there's a God. He doesn't help what it means that God loves him in such a way and has such infinite nachis from every word and every 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 second of his life. He doesn't he doesn't get it. And therefore, when you tell him, why don't you stop talking in shul? You tell him, stop talking in shul. If he knew that the Baruch Shalom had infinite nachis from even his half-hearted words, he would never talk. But he, he's not masking that. But he asks him, don't, aren't you a mom? And he says, I'm a mom. Of course I'm a mom. I believe there's a God. But that's it. So he says, therefore, who ain't a typhus, my right to me. He doesn't get, what do you want from me? What do you want from me? Because you're telling a person, you're telling me that I should, every single moment of my life, I should, I should be thinking about God. Every single, every single moment, what do you want from me? How can I do that? It's so foreign, because this, the our moon is like this. The same way that that we have, like uh, you know, uh, each and every person has a lot of telephone numbers in his head. So you have the number, you have a mother's number, you have this number, that, the sister, brother, Christ, a friend's number. You have the school's number for the kid. You have a couple of numbers in your head. So an average person, let's say, has a hundred numbers in his head. So a person has numbers in his head. So one of the things that you have in your head is also there's like a thing like a speed dial. There's there's a, there's a gut. But that, the same way that I'm not thinking about, I'm not thinking every minute about that number, or this number, or that number, if I need it. So if I'm in trouble, then I think about God. If I need to call the kids at school, I call the number. If I need to call my mother, I call the number. So I don't live with that thought. So I don't live with the thought of my immunity. Yes, what, what, what's there to think about? People like, regular people like us, and we're, we're Orthodox Jews. You say, are you living with your immunity? So what do you want me to think about all day? There's God, there's God, there's God, there's God, there's God. How many times do you think about the same thing? You get bored. That's how far we are from understanding what Amunah is. When the Nabi said, Tzadik you live with your Amunah, we don't even know what that means to live with Amunah. Because it's just another thing that we have in our heads. And if you have it in your head, if I'm in trouble, if the police are after me, and I have to scream out to God, so then I press that number on my speed dial, and say, Brian Shalom, help me. Bistam, like in a regular minute of the day, what does it mean, Amunah? So he says, a person goes and he hears a nice shear on the subject of Amuna. He goes to another shear in Amuna. 
So he thinks the meaning of emunah is the shosh chalila ain't panasa. What's emunah? That when God forbid I don't have panasa, yesh machlois, and God forbid someone is sick, then yesh does chazik emunah. Then I have to I have to access some emunah. I have to draw emunah to my life to give myself chizik. That I should be able to get up in the morning and go on with my life. That's what he thinks. After he has a, he has a nice a couple of nice speeches about emunah. He heard a couple of nice stories. And he's waiting for, like, God forbid, there should be a bad day. No parnosa, no shidduch, no kids, no health. And then I'll uh, try to, you know, chaz over that shit. I'll take out my notebook. I'll look over the notes, what it says about Amuna. And I'll be chazo myself, that I won't fall apart. And I'll continue to get up and go to work. I mean, that's a typical, that's a typical view of Amuna. I'm going to try to believe that Hashem is really good, even though I'm going through a bad time. I'll take out my notes. Because I lost my job, so I got to take out my notes and see why would God do this to me? I take out my notes and it says on my notes, God loves you anyway. Believe in Him. You can't always understand what He's doing, and it's all for the best. You'll get a better job. And then a few chazals, a couple of ramchals, a little bit of sasam satanya if you if you're more advanced, and you say okay, and you try to get the next day and go out and look for a new job. That's pretty much what emuna is nowadays for most of the chaver. So Hashem is telling you, Hashem is good. Say that I'll try to believe that But you only need to believe that When it's a bad day But if everything is okay So what's my avoidance? So I have my job today So all of us sitting here As far as I know I wasn't fired yet As far as you guys know As long as we're in this room None of us think that we're fired And, and Okay, good So what's my avoidance right now? In Amuna what did, what did Habakkuk mean? He said Sadiq b'man Every single minute, every single second. That's not extra. It's not like a, like you know when you like first class in the airplane, or when you go to the airport at a special line for something like for people for gvir. This is the this is the this is what the Baruch Hashem asks. This is the tachlis of our being here. Sadik In other words, it's we're going to have to answer it. why we didn't do this. That's the tachlis of our lives. The person's feeling is, when he takes out his notebook, it says in his notes that God knows what he's doing, and everything he did is for the best. Okay, so then when I'm having a bad day, I try to say that over to myself ten times. Everything God does is for the best. He knows what he's doing, I don't know what he's doing, I don't get it, but I'm sure he knows what's right. So, that's that's Amun. That's Aramun. Vadai, he says, Okay, certainly that's true. What we just said, that Amun. That first floor of the that's certainly true. Elohim, you say this amuna, that's from that's from kindergarten, that's from first grade, and it's true. We're going to learn that we're missing the foundation upon which we can build an amuna that the Navi was talking about, an amuna that's bechush that we live with every minute. Amuna practice. Believing in, in Hashkach practice, meaning believing that Hashem is involved every minute in our lives. And believing, how, believing what? In, in, in that Hashem does everything and how Hashem interacts with us. That Hashem loves each and every one of us, like what Simeon was talking about. That Hashem worries about us. Whatever that means, that Hashem worries about us. Calls shlav haba. That's the next shlav. That's the next love. That's after 
my Amuna notes on a bad day when I lost my job. Then the next thing is living with a belief that what? That the Bani Shlalom loves me and that he thinks about me and that he's worried about Kivyochel, he's worried about my decisions that I'm making and that Kivyochel loses sleep over these things, whatever that means, Hashem. That's already the next. That's already the next stage. That's already. That's already the next level. Next page. In order for you, in order for you to believe that Hashem loves you and that He thinks about you and that He's worried about you, you first have to be introduced, right? If somebody would tell you, if somebody goes up to you and says, "I want to tell you something about your kala," your kala. She mamish mamish adores you. She thinks about you every second. She's worried about about whether you're properly dressed. It's a cold day every single second. And you say, "My collar? Who's my collar?" So it's not. I didn't introduce you. Yet. I have, the, but I have a girl for you. Shalchan, you know. Shaked day v'kesef nightel, you know. So shalchan. So shalchan. No, no, you didn't. You didn't meet her yet. But I'm telling you, this girl. This girl, she worries about you. She loves you. She can't stop thinking about you. Sasa has it shy. I know, uh, she doesn't know me. I never met her. I told her about you. How, how's it possible for any of us to believe that God loves us if we never met Him? It's a funny thing, right? That's what, that's what happened to kids, it's, and it's the same thing with us, you know. In all honesty, somebody says the the Shalom loves you. Like I see, maybe jumping and screaming. And the Baruch Shalom loves you. And he has gewaldige, gewaldige faith in you. And he he worries about you. So, I told I told you once in school this mice about the Lubavitcher Rebbe with that, with that, it's a Mardik mice, I'm sure you remember it. That uh, there was a, uh, there was a Yid, he wasn't a Lubavitcher, he was a Hungarian Jew, a guy. When he came to America after the war, he had nothing, and he and, and people told him go to Lubavitcher. You know, in those days, it didn't make a difference politics and Mashiach and stuff. It was just it's nice and sweet the way things are supposed to be. And he he knew he was a big tzaddik. And this year, I think I, I read he was from Nitra. He was a Hungarian Jew. He went he went to Lubavitcher. Uh, Lubavitcher told him he told him to go. He wanted this year didn't have uh, he he wanted to get married. He wanted to. Uh, to go on with his life, he didn't know what to do. He didn't have any. Everybody was killed. He was by himself. Vajra told him to go, I think, to Uruguay or Paraguay, in South America, one of these places. And he said, go over there, and there you could you could build a yeshiva. The guy knows how to learn. You could start a yeshiva. He said, don't stay here in America. There's a lot of people coming from the war to America, to New York. Go over there. There are Jews there. They're going to respect you. You could build a yeshiva. And you could get yourself going. And then the Rebbe added, the Lubavitcher said, and you'll find their wife over there. It's a funny thing. I'm going to find a wife. All the sheriffs of plate is in New York. How am I going to find a wife? Okay. Okay. So he went to this place, Uruguay, one of these places. He met. There was another woman from a Hungarian family that came there also. The sheriffs of plate, and he got married, and he started a yeshiva. He was very Muslim. One day, a, uh, an older woman comes, not religious, but yes. Yiddish, speaking Yiddish, crying to him that my daughter is going out with a shagitz, going out with a guy. She just told me that she wants to marry him. She came to the rabbi. So this person's name is Klein. 
So he said, okay. If your daughter will agree, I'll try to talk to her. So uh, the woman had to beg the girl. She wasn't religious. The woman wasn't religious. She was from the old school, but she wasn't religious. But the daughter, Bechlal not. So she begged the daughter, what does it hurt you? Meet with the rabbi once. Okay. So a client talks there and cries and gives the whole spiel, you know, your Jewish heritage and future there. She wasn't interested. She's in love with the guy. No, there's nothing to talk about. Thank you, Rabbi. It's very nice. Next time the mother comes again crying, how could you, don't leave me, you got to talk. So he calls her up and she says, you know, you're starting to be a little bit, Rabbi, a little bit annoying. And he talks on the phone a little bit. She said, he said, maybe you should be considered. Give it another six months. No. The mother comes again. So he doesn't know what to do. So he figures, you know, let me call the Lubavitch Rebbe. This is when you could, this is when it was possible because we're talking about, you know, the 50s, whatever. Let me call the Lubavitch Rebbe and, and uh, I'll ask him what to do. So, so he calls up, in, the, in those days the Rebbe's secretary was Chadikov, Rabbi Chadikov, himself was at Sadiq. So he calls up, you remember this maze? No? He calls up, he calls up, uh, and he tells over to Rabbi Chadikov the whole thing. And Chadikov says, okay, I'm going to ask the, I'm going to ask the Rebbe. He says, hold on the phone, I'm going to ask the Rebbe. So he, so he goes on the, uh, he comes back a few minutes later, and he says, the Rebbe said that you should meet the girl. No, no. You should meet the girl, and when you meet the girl, tell her that there's a Jew in New York who can't sleep because of what she wants to do. He can't sleep. There's a Jew in New York who can't sleep. He's worried about it. He can't go to sleep. And then the Kharkov hung up the phone. So he's sitting there, so Klein is sitting there, and he said, the Jew can't sleep. And, and and I should tell the girl, I don't know. And he's sitting there thinking, the phone rings, right? And it's Rabbi Kharakov. And he says, the Rabbi said, I should tell you that when he tells you to do something, you shouldn't sit and think about it. You should go be toil, you should go do it. Don't sit around and think. So he calls up the girl, and, he's, and she starts to say, Rabbi Klein, you're pushing yourself, I don't want to talk. He said, I promise you, one more time, I'll meet you uh, in the city someplace, in the, uh, a cafe. One more time, give me this one. Two minutes. And I'll never bother you again. Okay? And she says, all right. She, she's a Jew. So she meets him in, the, in this cafe. And he's, he can't believe he's going to do this. He's so embarrassed. He said, I just want to tell you, if there's a Jew in New York who, who's worried about you, he can't sleep because you're going to marry this guy. So she says, what are you talking about? What do you mean there's a Jew in New York? What Jew? So he says, well, he's called the Lubavitcher Rebbe, Rabbi Shneer. You have a picture of him? So ever since he had that nice with Lubavitcher Rebbe, he kept a picture. He takes out his thing, he gives a picture, she almost falls off the chair, she turns white. She starts to sob. And she says that for the last three nights, this person has come in a dream every night, crying and saying, how can you do this? I can't sleep, I can't sleep. So nice to show you. This, and this guy's not a Lubavitcher Chassid, they're called the... And, and uh, he was Matzal, she, she didn't go through with it, and he saved her life. So, to have, so when I sat over this Maeser, and I saw this Maeser, it's an unbelievable story. So this Maeser, huh? So this Maeser, so I always explain that we don't even have a saga of a tzaddik being worried. There's a tzaddik sitting somewhere in Brooklyn, and he has a daiga, he's worried and he can't sleep. He was saying, the Rebbe was saying that. Mm-hmm. Over some, some Jewish girl in, the, in South America. How could they care? How could they care? 
there are other Maislam Kat. Lubam Shur, there are many Maislam Kat. When he sent the box of matzahs someplace, there was an Amsterdam. In Holland, it wasn't even Amsterdam, some other place, he sent a box of matzahs, and there was no Jew in that town. And the, and the shlich, and the Rebbe said to the shlich, you have to, to bring matzahs, there's a Jew there. And he was leaving, and then finally, finally, on the way, he couldn't find it, it was Erev Pesach, he's asking everybody in this little shtetl. They said there's no Jews here since the war. Finally, on the way out, he asked in the gas station of that town, is the, he said, you took a chance, you don't need Jews here. The guy says, one second, he goes and he brings out another guy. And the guy says, come here, he says, I'm Jewish, why are you asking if there are any Jews here? So he said, he said the Lubavitcher Rebbe is a big tzaddik in New York, and he said he wants me to give you a box of masses for Pesach. He said there's a Jew in this town. Also, the guy goes crazy, and he said that he was married. This guy's married to a nun Tushik, and and for since and he has a kid, he has a daughter, and for years they're trying to convince him that he should go to church. Because they, the mother and the daughter, they go to church. How come you don't come to church with us? He says, I'm a Jew, I don't go to church. And they're trying to, he's got, and they're asking, the priest came to talk to Megalach, neighbors. So finally he couldn't take it anymore. And he said that, he said that this morning, I prayed, and I said, listen, God, if you're there, and it makes a difference to you that I'm a Jew, and you want me to remain a Jew, then, then send one person, to tell me that, that you care that I'm, a, that I'm still here, that there's a Jew in this town, that I'm still alive. And that was that morning. Mm-hmm. And, he asked, and he says, Today, and you came to me and you said that there's a, that there's a, a rabbi in New York who said to you, Vaxa Matzis, that he's worried about you. Here's a Vaxa Matzis. No? Unbelievable things. So, we're not able to understand that a, a person to have such... To, to know what's going on everywhere in the world with another Jew... So a million, billion, trillion times more that Hashem is thinking about us and that He's worried about us. But we, we can't be massacred. Why? Because what He's explaining is that because God is not part of it. You see, for the Lubavitcher Rebbe, for, not just for the Lubavitcher, for other tzaddikim that, are, that are, have those big bids, very few that have such an Hashem, clawless like that, that's a special kind of a tzaddik. Even among tzaddikim, that's an elite group. Right? But, but that, tzaddik, that tzaddik has in his heart every Jew. So the tzaddik could feel when there's, I don't know what that means, when there's a part inside in, in Paraguay, there's a Jew. Or when there's something, he feels every Jew. Because why? Because that's what we're learning. And the Jewish people, and the Torah is all one. That means that every Jew is connected in a very deep way. And it means Hashem is connected to every Jew. Then certainly Hashem is worried and thinks about each and every one of us every minute. But if you but if you don't have that hergish, if you don't have that chush for God inside of you, if He's detached from you, so then you can't feel that. It doesn't make any sense to you. What do you mean He's worried about me? What do you mean? I can understand my mother's worried about me. And imagine my mother worried about me if she knows. So what? I'm not going to tell my mother. I'm not going to tell my mother. You know, like sometimes. So when I had a high school that was a few times out with my foot, some cellulitis or something. So the kids. Uh, so uh, my mother calls me a few times a day. I call. You know. So my mother calls. She doesn't know that I was sick. So she says, "How are you?" And I and my kids say, "I said, fine, ma. How are you, Baruch Hashem?" She says, "Everything okay?" She always asks me two or three times, "Everything okay?" I said, "Baruch Hashem, everything's okay." And the kids are saying, "It's not okay. What do you mean? Tell us." I, I, <laughs> right? And my mother can have. She says, "A She says, "No, tell me. Is something wrong?" It's an amazing thing. I said, "Ma, everything is okay." She says, "You're not telling me. You're not telling me, and it's not right. Something is not right." I'm, I'm, I'm saying, I'm talking perfectly. I don't. There's such a connection a mother has to a child. It's a again. It's an amazing thing. 
has come of a kama. But do we feel if our mother's not well? Khalila? Chasusha. Do we feel that the same way? Does a child feel the same way? Lavdach. Lavdach. By a mother, the child is licked in hearts, mamish. The child is in her heart every second. And therefore she could feel that if the child's not well. Does a child have that feeling for a mother? No. Lavdach. Sometimes, but not usually. To have such a feeling for the Rabbani Shalom, when you, when you have the Rabbani Shalom in your heart that way, then you can feel his joy and his nachas. You could feel his sadness and aggravation sometimes the week that, 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 that we give him. But as, if he's separated from us, then, then you can't. So that's what he's saying. To feel such a thing, meaning what? To feel that Hashem loves you. To feel that the Baruch Shalom is worried about you. Especially this is what he was talking about. That Hashem loves me. And he is worried about me. Such feelings... You're not going to get that just by knowing intellectually there's a God. Not just by looking up some psukim and looking over some old notes. That's not going to do it. The only way to come to feel that love that God feels for us and the daiga and the worry is when what? When the soul recognizes the Kaddish Baruch Hu is me. It's me. It's me. And the same way when God forbid a person has an injury on his foot, he's worried about his foot. He's worried about his foot. It's my foot. He's worried about his foot. So it is that God worries about me. Now, if God is separated from me, then I'm not mastic how he could be worried about me. He's separated from me. Even though intellectually I know that he exists. But to, that he's worried about me, if he's separated from me, then I, I, I'm not massing that he's worried about me. Now with my foot, if God forbid my foot is hurt, if it's wounded, if it's injured, so then I worry about it. Because I and my foot are, are one. If a Jew is in pain, Hashem is hurting. Like it says in the Gemara. Kalani Mirashi, Kalani Mizray. Hashem says, My head is hurting, my arm is hurting, the Jew is in pain. The same way that I'm in pain when my foot hurts, Hashem is in pain, Kivyachal, when our feet, when our, if, we have, if, our, if our foot's hurting, if there's a problem. Same thing. But if you're not, if the Bereshalm is not in you, if you don't have that chush, that hergish, then you can't feel it, you can't understand it. So you can tell me that, that God is worried about my foot? Okay. The same way that someone says to you, you know, I hope your foot feels better. It's nice. And if I didn't tell him that my foot is hurting, so he doesn't know about it. And even if I tell him, it's not him. I mean, he's not me. He doesn't know how much it hurts. He says, I hope, you, I hope you'll be better. You know, I hope everything will be better, but that doesn't make me better. He says, This recognition can only come from the heart only when what? when the heart recognizes that the, that the Baruch Shalom is in me he's, he's with me together he's not outside of me he is me 
Dvarim Elu, these words, Kalam is Bainibahem Raya at Kama Dvarim Shutamheim. Whoever reads these can see how obvious this is and how easy this is to understand. But look how much the Eight Sahara tries to hide from us. Look how the Eight Sahara will try to keep each and every one of us from getting to the bottom of our faith, from coming to this recognition. The Eight Sahara will, will stop us from that. The Yetzar will allow a Jew to move forward. You know, to so take upon yourself a new Shia. A new Chumrah. You're going to go to the Mikveh, you're going to go to a new Shia, you're going to dive in a better minion. You'll be nicer to your wife, you'll be nicer to your kids, you'll, you'll work on Shemir Salosh and Shemir Salosh. The Yetzar will let you do all kinds of good things. But the Yetzar will tell you this. Amuna to work on? You already have Amuna. You have Amuna since you were a little kid. You have Amuna. You don't have to work on a Muna. And what do you have? What do you have to work on? You have to, go on, you have to work on a Shia. You have to work on, on, on Davening. You have to work on a Mitzvah. And what do you have, Baruch Hashem? Who mishtamish kibyacha b'tagim. It's just l'tzarech atzmai. The Yitzhahar can use the, the, the 613 Mitzvahs for his own purposes to tell you that you that you have to work on Mitzvahs. That you don't have to work on a Muna. V'adish yitzach l'mah. Of course we have to learn more. And of course you have to try another Shia. Zui mitzvah says, It's a mitzvah from the Torah, of course. The Torah is the root of all existence. But but Torah, when you don't have any chush or hergish for the one who gave you the Torah, you might know b'seichel. Again, it's the same thing with what someone tells you about the girl. So now go the other way. So someone tells you this girl's have a gavaldig a girl for you. It's not to tell you to have the best midas and she's a nice family and she's beautiful and everything is good. And then and then the person says to you, There's one thing she's missing. She doesn't have a passport. And she lives in she lives in London, she doesn't have a passport. Could you get her a passport? What do I have to do to get her a passport? You have to go online for three days at the embassy. It's a problem nowadays. You have to go three lines on three days online at the embassy. I should go three days in line at the embassy for, for someone I don't know. Okay, it's a madrag, it's a chesed. You know, a half hour for a Jew, I don't know. An hour for a Jew, I don't know. You're telling me to stand three days in line. Now, if you would have met her, and she's talking to such a person, and, oh, the heart comes pumping out and throbbing and gewaldic, you're in love. Three days is mamish nothing. That you should bring her over to America, and you should be able to make a chasen. Right? But if you never met her, and you just heard about her. Even if you have a good imagination, you think, oh, how she must look like. And the guy told you the name of a famous movie star. He said, oh, she looks like a dog. And then, uh, and, you know, and, and she went to this seminary, and she's good-natured, and me this type of stuff. So as much as you, but you don't know her, Lamaise. So how could you be, how much could you be matriach for a person? How much could you do? So it's the same thing when it comes to our mitzvahs. It gets thin after a while, you know? But the Bible says you should you should go you should daven. You know, okay, so you try to pop yourself up. I'm not gonna okay, I I I have to daven, I'll daven, but I don't wanna spend an hour in the morning. I don't wanna I don't wanna go for for a long menu. I'll do it because it's a nice thing to do. 
They were nice people. You want to do nice things. But you're asking me to stand three hours? I don't have a chush for this. But I said, same way that you can't stand in line three, hours, three days in the embassy for some girl you never met, even though they told you about it. You heard about her. Some, a, a hundred people told you she's Givaldi. But you can't, you can't do it. You don't have a chush. You never met her. So that our problem is that, that we're doing all these mitzvahs. And each time we're doing it, we feel, all right, here I go again. I'll do this, I'll do that, I'll do this, I'll do that. But you don't. You never met the. You never met the chassan. You know. We never met the rabbi shalom. You don't have a chush for that. You don't feel any love for him. So it's very hard to be matriach. You know. It's very hard to be matriach to do something and to go out of my way. So what do you try to do? You try to get a minion to pat yourself up, but not a minion at all, or to, or to whatever. And it comes to when it comes to mitzvahs and even God forbid with averus. So so let's take with an aver. So let's say, let's say, this guy told you about that girl in London. Right? And then you have another friend that says to you, you know, I want to talk to you about a girl. She so says, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, the other guy told me about the girl in London. She says, London? Says, Come over here. Look, see on the other side of the Mechitza? You see that girl? She's a beautiful girl, right? Yeah, but what about London? Well, London. Look over there, right across the Mechitza. There's, there's a beautiful girl. <clears throat> now, the Shilas, are you prepared? At this point, are you already prepared to wait a little bit longer online? Right? Because even with the Hakara Ba'alma, a little bit of a moment of recognizing, there could already be a second of a chush, enough that you'd already be matriach, you'd already be matriach for her son. Because you have already a little bit, a little bit of a chush, enough that you say, oh, she's, that's a pretty girl. She looks like a nice, she's davening nice. Okay, just a chush. Right? But now someone says, But what about the girl in London? The other guys gave you an hour drasha that the girl in London is the most beautiful, the best davener, the best midas, the best family. And now you and now you look at this girl for ten seconds and you're ready to go out with this girl? And you're not gonna wait for the girl from London? And stand on line again and bring her in from London? So the terrorist says Mashabatuah Batuah like they say in Etsa You know like they say Amaisa there's a maisa, it's a joke, but there's a maisa that there was a, a guy, a husband, deserted his wife, he left his wife. So the wife comes to the rabbi, the woman comes to the rabbi crying, the problem is, she comes to the shamas, the shamas, she comes crying, my husband left, my husband left, me. I need to talk to the rabbi. So the shamas says, the rabbi doesn't speak to women, but write me a, write me a, a, a kirtle, with the names, I'll give it to the rabbi. So, so the shamus goes into the rebbe with the kirtle, and the rebbe closes his eyes in a few minutes and looks at the kirtle, and he says, "Tell the Freud, tell the woman, uh, the man he's going to come about uh, Kim and Sidek, he's going to come back." So the shamus goes like this. So the rebbe says again, he says, "Go tell the woman that the husband's going to come back." And again, the shamus. So the rabbi gets angry. The rabbi says, "Who's the rabbi? Me or you? I'm telling you, the woman's going to come back. The husband's going to come back." So he says, "He says the rabbi heard his name, the kvit lechok his name, the fry. Yeah, kidnapped Now the rabbi saw the paper. I saw the way that she looks. He's not coming back. This this guy's not coming back, right? Mashah means that when there's a when when you see something and you have a hergish and you see it, so then you could mamish your heart is given over. If you don't, like in the case of the Rebbe. So the Rebbe never saw the, the woman. The Shaman says, I don't, I'm not a Tzaddik, but I saw her. He's not coming back. So when you see something, it's a different, it's a different parish. 
the, the strength of that Hakara. So this guy, he, he saw this girl over the Mechitza for two seconds. The other, he's been hearing Joshua's for the last week about how Gavaldi she is in London. And a diamond. And a diamond. It's not even, you can't even compare. So this is the Radio Chush. So imagine all the years of our lives, the Bajoslam is saying, do this, do this, do this, do that. And he's, he's in London. I never met him. And he has me doing all these things for him day and night. Not only that, but he says, I can't do this event. I can't do that event. So the girl in London is crying because she heard that this prospective chasm uh, is going out with another girl. So we go out, so what happens? So we, so we, a person goes, he goes to a movie, he goes to watch something on the television, shouldn't be watching, and the brain is sitting and, and he's crying. He's going out with somebody. This Jew is going out with somebody else. With who? He's going out with on the movie. He's going out, he's going to the side of Tumma. It's the same thing. So then our, what's our answer? Our answer is, the Tumma, the movie, it's playing down my block. It's on my block. The Bayern Shalom's in London. You know, it's not, it's not so pushy for me. It's not so pushy. Like when the Tolu Rapshus said, the problem is that the descriptions of the Gehenim are written in Svarm. But, the, but the, the Taibas of this world, you just walk out of your house and you see them on the street. If Gehenim would be on the street, and there would only be descriptions in the books about Taibas, then we'd be good boys and good girls. The problem is that the street is here, and the descriptions of Gehenim are written up in old books. Nope. So, when a Jew, the moment that a Jew is able to come to a Madrega where his emunah is not that God is in London, just something in here, a theoretical date in London, but I saw over the Mechitza, and I have a Hakara, a Chush, I see. Then, then if someone else now comes and says, I want you to go out with a girl in London, so I have, my, have, I have a girl right here. This is what I want, because you have a Chush already. And if our Yiddish guy would be, with the Rebbe being here across the Mechitza, instead of being in London, then our mitzvahs would be different mitzvahs, and we wouldn't do a various because I'm not going to go with somebody else when I have my when I have this beautiful kala standing right over here. That's how it is. And we're going to talk about that when I say that zivug in the next chaluk of the of the Maimer. So he says, that's what it means. <coughs> It's not just that you know b'seich. If you don't feel it in your heart, then what value does it have? I never met. I never met the kala. I never met the girl. I don't have any. I don't have any feelings for her. So you ask me to do things for her. I should go online and take care of things for her. What? Because because of someone that I never met. That's how you describe. So then you're going to say, yeah, but you can't meet Hush. I'll never meet him. So how am I going? To, uh, it's never going to be like that. But that's that's a yitzhar. That's the biggest yetzer. It's not true. We can have a chush Hashem. We can meet him. He's not in London. We just we never taught. Therefore, it's all just in the head that there's a God. But God is in London. He's in he's in Singapore. He's wherever he is. Kuchubichu of Yisrael Chadu. The last paragraph. That's what it says in the Zohar Kaddish. Hashem, the Torah, the Jewish people are one. Haterish on the the mechal regev the Torah that we're learning every single moment, it's the Barishlam's Torah. It's not. It's not some interesting book. It's not. It's not that I can learn something and then and then ten minutes later I'm, I'm doing something against what I just learned. That's ridiculous. But we do that all the time. You learn something in a, you learn something in a sefer, and then two minutes later you're doing the opposite of the sefer. Because the Barishlam's not in the Torah. It's just an interesting book, and I know that it's from God, but I don't feel it. Adam Torah. 
when a person is purified and he learns Torah, which he understands what? That this is a chilek in HaKadosh Baruch that it's mamish inside of me. The Torah Hashem, it's all with me. One thing. Then he feels himself as being a part of the Barishlam. That's how you learn Torah. Not that there's me, there's Hashem, there's a Torah. There are three. There's me and there are two things outside of me. My Torah is, is, is just, uh, my Torah is empty. And my Amun is empty. However, if one's approach to learning Torah is this, he says, if, if the feeling of learning Torah is, if a person learns Torah with a heart, that God forbid is separated from the Creator, if your heart is a heart that feels separated from Hashem, but just that you know in your mind, intellectually, that there's a Creator, or you were told by your teachers or by your parents as a creator but you don't feel inside of you that you and Hashem are one how could you feel Hashem in the Torah that you're learning it's just an interesting book it's very smart, it's interesting things how could you feel Hashem in the Torah that you're learning you don't feel it because it can only be only when you're one with Hashem then is that system in, is that system working? The Torah, Hashem, and every Jew is one. But if you are not, if you're detached from the system, then your learning of Torah is also empty. It's empty. You don't feel Hashem in your Torah because you don't have a shaykhist Hashem. So it's just an interesting book. And it's hard to get, to self, to get yourself to the Shia. You don't feel like learning other things. You can read other things. You don't feel like going. Or, why should I learn? Ein l'chadav agad l'yoyser, page chaf it's true. There's nothing in the world that can attach a person to Hashem like the study of Torah, like learning Torah and keeping mitzvahs. How does this work? And so, so since we're, since we're kids, so the so the say t- tells us if you learn Torah, you'll 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 be attached to Hashem. You learn Torah, you'll be attached to Hashem. But you see that that's not happening. So he says. The Torah, there's nothing that's there's nothing that's greater than the Torah in attaching a person to Hashem. But the only way the Torah will do that is if you be, if you believe that what that inside of you there's Hashem and the Torah is there's Hashem in it. The Torah has Hashem in it also. Otherwise, it's just outside of me. So why will I why why is it that if I learn if I learn if I learn I'm learning for 20, 30, 40 years I don't feel any closer to God. So I understand, I'm learning, I learned through the Dafiyayim, I learned Shas, Bavle, I learned Yerushalmi, I don't feel anything closer. I don't feel the slightest bit closer to Hashem. Because your entire approach to Hashem, and your entire Muna in Hashem, is only a God that's in here, outside of, outside of your heart. And therefore, the only reason that the Torah has that ability to connect you to God, is if the Torah and God and yourself are one. But if you're not attached to, the, to Hashem, and, you're not, and the Torah is not because what? It's a chelik elokah. It's from Hashem and has Hashem in it. And both of those, God and the Torah, are in you. And it doesn't bring you any closer to Hashem. It makes you smarter. It makes you smarter. And Rabbi Salsalanta said that Torah has a magical, magical, amazing way to help a person become better. It's true. No, even if you don't feel this way, just by learning more Torah, 
it cleans you, it purifies you. You know, when you when you learn Torah, you're going into a mikveh. But you could be in a mikveh and, and, and think you're in a swimming pool too, and not feel it. But the emphasis is that the Torah has such an effect upon you that it cleans you, even if you're not thinking. It does. It's not God forbid worthless. It does something because Torah is a mikveh, and it cleans you. And when you do a mitzvah, it also cleans you. But it doesn't necessarily make you feel closer to God. So those those rebellion, even if they know how to learn it, and you can ask them, how come I'm ready? Going to your Shia for 25, 30 years And I still don't feel anything different about Hashem And he tells you, what are you hacking? If you learn, you'll feel that way You'll learn, I feel what it says If you'd have chutz, we'd say But do you feel that way from learning? There are Bali Madragas When a person approaches learning And Hashem is in the Torah And Hashem is in him Then the Torah makes you stronger and stronger and stronger And closer and closer But if if you're totally detached and cut off So then more books, more interesting things. And even then, it helps you. Because Torah has such a kayach. It's, it's something which is not its not understandable by us, but the Torah has such a kayach that it can do that, that it, it cleans you, even if you're not thinking about it. Just by saying the words, and by learning, you're, being, you're in a mikveh. So it's a good thing anyway. It's a good thing anyway. So the sikumam shodvarim, just to sum up, Gracious Allah Adam Ladas, the end of the parak. Gracious Allah Adam Ladas, the Tachas of Chaim Yimuna. The first thing is to know that the Tachas of life is Yimuna. The Kudus Rolin Lachs of Lashana Ein Spar Palmer. We have to review this over and over and over again that the Tachas of being in this world is Yimuna. What type of Yimuna? What do you mean the Tachas is Yimuna? What type of Yimuna? What does it mean Yimuna? It's not like the Emunah that we have just as kids to know in our heads. Or an Emunah that we think of every now and then when there's a problem, right? When you don't have a Parnassah, when, you don't have, when, you, when there's a when there's God forbid someone's not healthy. What we're talking about is the Tachlis of existence is Emunah and not just that you feel like the heart once in a while excited. Means an amuna that that opens your eyes, your heart to feel that every single second that the Bnei Shalom is you, is mamish your heart, inseparable. When a person comes to this. Feeling that Imam senses in his heart, then your observance of mitzvahs will be 100%. Like what Simei was saying. Then you'll feel the nachas and he's worried about you and he has simcha and he's crying. Then you'll feel all of that about Hashem. But if the Baruch Shalom is just something that's in your head, so that's not going to necessarily affect your Torah mitzvahs. Like Chazal tells that that Esav's head rolled into Marasamach Pela, right? Esav's head is also buried in Marasamach just his head. So Tzadikim say the head of Esav is buried in Marasamach Pela, but it's not together with his heart, just the head. Means that a person can can a person can have all kinds of information in his head, and the head is in in a holy place, meaning the head is in Marasamach Pela, but it, he himself is in Gehenna. Doesn't help you at all. Doesn't change you at all. Even though your head is thinking all kinds of gewaldige things, Asaph's head is also buried in Marasach Pele, in a holy place. But who is Asaph? A Russia. And his body is a piece of tumor. But the head? The head's gewaldige. The head's buried in Marasach Pele. See, that's what he's saying. That the, when will a person be Mekayim Torah Mitzvahs? Be'emes, be'emes. When will he observe all Torah Mitzvahs? Not just if he knows in his head. But if he has a chush in his heart and a hergish in his heart, so then 
he's going to know that if I do this Aveira, it's going to break the Rabbanu Shalom's heart. If I do this Mitzvah, it's going to give him infinite, infinite Nachas. But if you tell someone who's far from Emuna, then it gives Hashem Nachas. Like I once had, I once had after Shabbos Agol, or Shabbos Shuvah Drasha, so there was some guy that came to the Drasha. He didn't tell me his name, you know, sometimes when they call you and they, someone says bad things, they don't, they don't have the courage to tell you who they are, you know. But he gave me like such a mishabach on the phone. That's before that caller ID. So he gave me such a mishabach on the phone because I, what did I say? That what bothered him? What bothered him is that I was saying in the Shia, this Indian, that the Bani Shalom loves us. And he said, he called me to tell me that the Rambam doesn't say like that, and that I, and that I'm what I'm talking about. And I'm making all the people crazy, and that his Rebbe says that this is all crazy things and chassidish nonsense, and that that God doesn't have such things, and to talk about God loving is nonsense. Like what Tzimir said the other night. He said, hey, how could it be? It can't be, it can't be, it can't So I, I, I said to him, look, don't ever come to any of my shirim again because it's causing you a lot of agnus nefesh. And I'm not going to be on the phone now. I'm not going to talk to you to explain to you what does it mean that God loves us. You have a Rosh Hashiva, you have a Rebbe, some friend of yours said you should come to the shir. Obviously it was bad advice. And go, go to your yeshiva and, 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 and you know, Going that way, doesn't die. But he mamish didn't he didn't let go. I mean I didn't hang up on him, he was so angry. He was so angry and he told his Rosh Hashiva about the Shiva and the Shiva said, Wow, Khasisha Masam that God loves us and he go there's a certain there's a certain Yeshiva someplace where the the Rosh Hashiva thinks he's a little Maimonides. He's like Maimonides is not anything he's smart, but he's not not anything of a Jew. Yeah. Yeah, because he told me his his Rebbe. So so I said, I'm not explaining. He says, you tell me, what does it mean that God has... I said, I'm just telling you, go back to your yeshiva and, and live a good, healthy, long life. Because you can't explain it. Like the Odomel says, like what Sibane said the other night, he said, what are you going to tell somebody? How electric works, right? The guy doesn't believe in electricity. What does it mean electricity? Where's the God of electricity? So he says, and then the guy takes a wet screwdriver and he puts it into an outlet, right? He says, see, he doesn't believe in it, but he's in Ghana now. <laughs> He doesn't believe. He doesn't know how it works. I don't know how it works. So said, we don't know how that works. God is not a human being, but He told us in Tanakh, Sur Levav. He says, He says, I'm your heart, Mamish. I love you. I have to I'm a million psukim. So what, how could God love? What does it mean to? I don't know. So I don't understand how our electricity is, but but if you put the wet screwdriver into the plug, he says he actually said being connected, maybe he's in Ghana. He says I don't know where he is, but he's in some place. Then the electricity works. Apparently, it's there. So the Rosh is there, but he's not like that. He's 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 the Yesh of all the Yeshes. There's nothing like him that exists like him. But if a person doesn't have a chush and a hergish for it, so then he hears a talk and he hears somebody talking about God loving. So it sounds well, it's crazy. What kind of talk is that? God's not a, the God's not a friend that loves you. I the Rosh said he's our friend. And the man Adam and he told us he mamish loves us. A chasm kala, a father and a child, a brother and a sister, a husband and wife. But if you don't, if you don't have amuna, if, if you don't have this amuna, then then you go around quoting Rambams and quoting, you know, uh, Aristotle, Lavdo, and Gunnish. You go at 120, and then you find out that you had the screwdriver in the in the outlet the whole time. You didn't even know what it was about. Not even the slightest chush. Like people that make fun of Kabbalah, they don't know, they don't, they don't understand, so they start making fun of Kabbalah and Chesidus and Avoid. They, no, they don't know what it is, Bechlav, they never saw it, Bechlav. And they tell you that they get all the Yerushalayim, 
by learning a black Gemara and I would say you're phony and when no one's watching you're doing all kinds of avarice don't tell me you get all your Ashraim from a black Gemara you're a phony there are only a few people in the generation that could do that and you're not one of them you're doing all kinds of avarice when no one's watching and you don't need to learn anything else you don't need to learn Musa you don't need to learn Chassidus you're a big tzaddik from the Gemara you're a phony and, and you could tell that to me but the Bernishal knows what you do behind your door don't tell me that you're a tzaddik you can't be Without Musa, without Chassidus, without Avayda in our generation, it's not shy. It's not shy. Unless you work on it, it's Bechlal not shy. I'm developing an, a, a stronger Muna, it's Bechlal not shy. He's not saying things. He, he knows the truth. And after that, when, he, when I told that, to the, to the, it's not this person, somebody else, so he was, that he got a little bit red and he was quiet, and at least that much he didn't answer back. He got angry and he walked away, but he was embarrassed when I said that. I said, you, you get your Yerushmai from the Gemara? I said, you get Yerushmai? And when no one sees you, when you're in your room, you have Yerushmai? You're a liar, I said. You're a big liar. You have no Yerushalayim. Don't tell me you don't need to learn Muslim Chassidus. You have no Yerushalayim at all. If you would be, if you would be a Chabz Chaim, you tell me such a thing. But the Chabz Chaim became the Chabz Chaim because you also learned Muslim Chassidus, not because of, not because of your uh, that, just from a blood Gemara. When you learn Muslim, you learn Chassidus, and you learn, and you're an Oyved, then the blood Gemara brings you closer and higher. But if you if you have no connection to the Rebbeinu Shalom. And what? And you're not even trying to work on that connection and you, and you tell me the Gemara brings you closer? It doesn't make you anything except you could say over something, you know, at the Shevet Brachas that you say a vart and, and everybody says, ooh, he knows all the Gemara. That's all it is, nothing. It's a game. It's very dangerous if yeshivas play this game. We have to be careful. And Dav Malat Hashem that nobody should play this game anymore. We should be able to understand this properly. Next week we'll continue with the Kashbaruch and Knesel Chasnakal. We'll talk about Hashem Yisbarach and Klaisel Chasnakal. And he begins to develop our, to work on the exercises of how we can actually, you know, come to these Madragas.